Hey guys, welcome into College Sports Cast. This is going to be our second attempt at a uh, video cast for our podcast. Here we are going live on Twitter, um, YouTube, and Facebook. We are live streaming, and again tonight I have John Hammonds, Mason Cross, and John Roberts with me tonight. And uh, we're going to go through our Hot Topics, Pick 6, and No Fly Zone segment show. That's what this one is. And uh, we're going to get started with some Hot Topics. Hammonds, you ready? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, our first Hot Topic we're going to talk about is we're going to kind of put these two together. So uh, Lane Kiffin... Surprised everybody, I think, and signed an extension with Ole Miss uh, this week already. And then Auburn surprised everybody where everybody thought Kiffin probably was going to be going to Auburn. Auburn surprised everybody and hired Hugh Freeze. So um, our first hot topic is we're going to kind of discuss the rumblings that happened last week um, between Ole Miss and, and Auburn. And Hammonds, I'll open it up to you, and we'll start with that. I mean, I'm just going to go with the Hugh Freeze hiring starting out. Um, okay. You know, there's been a lot of backlash because of the hiring of Hugh Freeze. Here's my thing with it, and I'm not going to try to get all religious or anything like that, but at the end of the day, people make mistakes. People screw up. People do things they shouldn't do in the past. And I feel like, you know, sometimes we need to give people grace. And at the end of the day, that's what Auburn is giving um, Hugh Freeze. They're giving him an opportunity to um, make amends. You know, he's even relinquished his um, social media. That was part of the deal. So he's given that part up. So maybe this will work. You know, there's a lot of if, ands, or buts around Auburn um, Twitter, especially between Auburn fans. There's a lot of back and forth with each other. So some people like to hire, some people don't. But I like it. I think he's a good coach. I mean, he did beat Alabama. He did beat Saban. He got the number one recruiting class at Ole Miss. He did. And as far as Lane Kiffin goes, um, I'll be honest with you, that last week was an absolute train wreck. Um, <laughs> hey, the Lane uh, train wreck coming. Roberts, John Roberts <laughs> is wanting to say something, but that was an absolute train wreck last week. You know, the Lane um, train keeps coming, John. From him, off the rails, off the rails. You know, it was from <laughs> one minute. He's gone to Ole or he's gone to Auburn. The next minute he's staying. The next minute this and that was being said. I mean, we didn't know what was going on. And, and even Lane Kiffin. And you knew when Lane Kiffin, when that news came out, you knew there's going to be trolling on his Twitter because that's just what he is. That's what he does. And if you can handle that as a fan, then I'll power to you. But if you can't handle what Lane Kiffin brings, then – you need to just pack it up. So, but I feel like they've done good. 
I feel like they've done good with the extension. Um, Lane's a good coach. He's just – the thing about Lane Kiffin, a lot of people don't seem to understand, is that Lane Kiffin moves around a lot. He goes from one place to the next. You know, he left Tennessee, I think. Didn't he go to USC? Yes. Yes. He when he Tennessee left Tennessee to, to USC. Yeah, yeah, and it was just back and forth. I mean, you don't know. He, if basically, he basically left Tennessee in the middle of the night. Yeah, in the middle of the night. Yeah, it was basically. Yeah, he really did. Yeah. So, but. If you're going to leave town, that's the best time to do it, to be honest. <laughs> yep. Ask the that's Indianapolis true. Colts. That's true, though. It really is true. Mason, what do you got to say on this lane train topic and Hugh Freeze? <laughs> Hugh Freeze. That's the real question. All right. Go ahead. What do you got to say about Hugh Freeze? I'm not going to say nothing about it. Maybe after the first few games, I might chime in a little bit more. <laughs> first, yeah. I thought Roberts was onto something when Ole Miss lost there. I was like, oh, oh, here comes the chaos, but it didn't ensue. All right, John Roberts. I know you got some things to say about this. He, we got the Auburn fan with us, so. He's in Birmingham, so. All right, so um, the Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin and all that stuff that went down, um, it was some of the best Twitter that I've seen Twitter in a long time, and that was mainly (laughs) just watching the, the fans of both Auburn and Ole Miss. One melts down and the other one is, Right there, jumping on, and then it and then and it flopped, and then, yes, it, and then it would flip, and then it would flip, <laughs> and the other one would melt down. And right, it would go on because I mean, it started out with you know, Ole Miss is a better job, right? Ole Miss is a better job. Auburn, Auburn can't possibly be. Why would you? Why would you leave Ole Miss for Auburn? Ole Miss is a better job. And but is it Auburn, a better job though? Well, I'm getting ready. To, to kind of throw it in there, the Auburn fans were then would turn around and just absolutely hammer the fact that, you know, Auburn's won a national championship in the last 15 years. Auburn has, you know, won an SEC title in the last 10 years. Auburn has won, been to the SEC title game three times, four times, really, if you go back to 2010, you know. Um, Ole Miss, in the, in the, since 2000, Ole Miss has missed the title game by a half game. Basically, they, they lost the tiebreaker twice in the last 20 years or, or since 2000. Since the, you know, since 1992 when the expansion happened um, and they created the title game, I mean, again, Ole Miss has only missed out on going twice, twice by a half game. One of them was with a Manning back in 2003. He he missed it with a Manning. And the other one was with Hugh Freeze as their coach. Um, And so, again, they couldn't couldn't even make it to the the SEC championship. They never won their division. Um, 
And so Auburn fans just made sure that Ole Miss understood that. And then it got to be where, you know, oh my God, Lane's gonna Lane's coming. He, he's 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 gonna make the announcement as soon as the game is over. Auburn's gonna make the announcement. I mean, I had Auburn's people make the announcement. That, that I had people telling and me so, that it was supposed to be official. I mean, behind the scenes. Yeah. So so then so then all the Ole Miss fans are now completely just trashing Lane for bailing on Ole Miss and doing all this stuff. And Auburn fans are, you know, it was pretty like entertaining, face, you know, whatever. And then, and then, you know, nothing happens, which again, Auburn fans were, you know, you, you weren't really sure exactly how Auburn was going to handle this. Were they going to announce before the iron bowl or are they going to announce after? And then you start hearing, I mean, you start hearing, you already heard rumors of a, of a of an extension that was offered, but you hadn't heard anything about it being signed. Well, you know, as we keep going into the weekend and then, you know, the Auburn game happens, you hear that Lane has signed an extension and now, you know, it's a train wreck the other way, you know, Auburn's left, Auburn's left, Auburn's left in the nuts. Right. And then, you know, so, you know, well, who's their, who's their second person? Hugh Freeze. Well, then everybody comes out and starts, you know, trashing Hugh Freeze. And then it looks like, well, the, the board's backed off of Hugh Freeze. And then all of a sudden, they're back on. They just went through and they, I guess they did their, you know, they vetted and and made a, a few uh, just kind of ha- had a few stipulations in order to make sure that everything was going to be kosher at the end. But still, I mean, you still have a split in the Auburn in the Auburn family uh, with the hiring of Hugh Freeze because of the mainly the 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 off the field stuff and and i'm not talking about the ncaa violation cheating that is now legal now talking about all the stuff that you know with either you know harassing somebody that was uh that was an accuser of sexual misconduct over in liberty um we're talking just all of his um his phone you know the hiring escorts on a you know a state given phone a university given phone and stuff like that so uh, a lot of the auburn fans are pretty upset with that and then of course you got a lot of people that are you know just really ecstatic about the whole thing and then there are some that are just saying that this is just a sleazier gus malzahn where the ceiling is eight and four and you know every now and then he may have a good season and so next year, if the C, it, it, next year, I mean, I honestly think the team goes eight and four next year, which will be a huge step in the direction that Auburn wants to see it. But I don't know how much further he goes. I think that the headaches are different than, say, Malzahn's headaches. Malzahn couldn't recruit an offensive line. Couldn't develop a quarterback. Was always stuck in his ways. Now, Hugh Freeze can him, recruit, right? Hugh Freeze can recruit. Yeah. Uh, I'm wondering if the flipping of that one LSU uh, uh, prospect, that linebacker from LSU, was a Hugh Freeze thing that happened before there was really an announcement of Hugh Freeze. Um, they've they've announced that they've retained 
Cadillac and Zach Etheridge. They so, have. And um, and just to add to that, I've seen a picture on Twitter today where Hugh, Hugh Freeze was in the office and met Cadillac Williams, and they had a little caption and, and you know, just talked about what a great meeting it was between Hugh Freeze and Cadillac Williams. And I think that's partly trying to settle the fan base. Um, right. Because yeah. the fan base is, is, is absolutely behind Cadillac Williams. Well, right. and, you know, it's trying to fan the flames a little bit. A little bit. Well, it came from the Liberty Flames, so, yeah, I guess that would happen. Yeah. yeah. That's true. But I also think it's trying to settle the fan base, you know, rally well, the is. fan base a little bit as well. He is. He's definitely trying to rally the fan base. Um, yeah. It's, because I'll be it's honest It's going to be you, a while. Cadillac, there's nobody at that Auburn University – that loves Auburn more than Cadillac Williams. I mean, he's absolutely the glue, and it's a it's a very smart move. He's Auburn through and through. You know, he yeah. played there. You know, he he was part it's of. It's a uh, very smart move by Hugh Freeze to keep Cadillac Williams on. It is. It's a very smart move. Correct. It is. You know, I still can. All right, there's a couple of other hires. We're we're talk about a couple of other hires. So. Wisconsin hired Luke Fickle, Cincinnati coach. Hammonds, what'd you think about that hire? I like it. I just don't think that he's going to be able to do what he wants to do, like he did at Cincinnati. I mean, he's been he's been at Cincinnati. I, mean, I get it. It's in the Big Ten, but he had a pipeline right there in Ohio. He did, and he and he lost quite a bit of those players to. There's a few that went into the transfer portal. Um, now you got teams such as Louisville, you got Kentucky, you got other guys that are going to snatch some of them Ohio guys up now. Well, they have um, been. Kentucky's been snatching yeah. Ohio guys ever since Stoops. Well, they've got been there. doing that ever since Stoops got there. Vince Marrow yeah. is probably your Ohio dog catcher. Yeah, he's, absolutely. He's the, main, he's the main cookie in that regard. So I think it's a good hire. Um, Luke Fickle's a great coach. Um, he's offensive-minded. Um, you know, he, he knows how to uh, manage a game. He knows how to uh, put plays in. You know, he you just don't take a team to the playoffs for no reason. Right. And he did that last year. So He did. Um, Wisconsin's so, just going to have to give him time. Yeah. Mason, my question to you is, is Luke Fickle – going to be able to handle and recruit and overcome things in the Big Ten at Wisconsin? 14 years at Ohio State before that. Then he went to Cincinnati, Wisconsin. And so, I mean, he's coached in the Big Ten before. Not head coach, but right. in 2011. But he's coached. Well, I mean, Wisconsin's a program that but I they feel like – they kind of expect to win. Quick question, though. Like, quick you can get a great running back to come to you. Quick statement here, though. At Wisconsin, though, he's not really going to have much pressure. I don't know. I mean, they expect opinion. to win. They do, but I'm not. I'm saying, like a, like a school, say, like Penn State, what I'm saying. <laughs> They're not yeah. going to have that prestige pressure that oh if he wins only six games he's gonna be out the door. I don't think 
you know, he's going to be gone if they only win six is what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, that's true. Um, with Wisconsin, that's running back for some reason. I don't know who wakes up and goes, I'm going to go run the Which ball in 15-degree weather. But he'll have his <laughs> ticket running backs. Um, the quarterback situation, he's going to go out of that. There's plenty of uh, people in the transfer portal from the Big Ten. Quarterback just entered. I know McNamara's entered, so he has some options to try to keep. I think he'll do all right. As long as he can get it figured out after his first two years. All right. Don Roberts, what do you think about the fickle hire for Wisconsin? Um, so obviously they, this one kind of came out of was kind of out of nowhere um for this <clears> one. <throat> just because I mean, I guess you knew he was trying to to kind of put his put feelers out, but you didn't really hear a whole lot. But I mean, that may have just been because the 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 media was all focused on uh, Ole Miss and and uh, and Auburn and their coaching, um, kind of the the back and forth right there. So the one with you know Fickle, you know going to 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 Wisconsin and one that I'm assuming we're going to talk about next, kind of happening right before Auburn announced even the the Hugh Freeze was. Right again kind of made what was going on you know down here in, in the state of Alabama just even more just made, made it you know even more of a frenzy so I mean as far as the actual hire itself I think I mean I think that that was a it was a it was a good hire on Wisconsin's part but you know Cincinnati's about to be a p5 school starting next year they are. And, and, They're going to the Big Twelve. And I mean, I don't know how long he would be at Wisconsin if he's still eyeing that that Ohio State job because I think the Ohio State job I think is probably the ultimate for him, being that he played there and he coached there for so long as an assistant, right? And he's from you know from the state of Ohio. So um, as long as he can do well in Wisconsin, I think you know he'll still remain relevant as a candidate. And with the the mission, you know, with, with the Big Ten West just being as bad as it is, he doesn't have to do a whole lot to win the West. Come now, the West. in order to right. yeah, in order to to be relevant, you know, he's got to win the championship at least once every now and then. I mean, it wasn't that Paul Christ's problem. You're in the game, yeah. but you never can win it. I mean, so, Chris won. A, Chris won a lot of games, but he never won. He never won. You know, he never got. You know, yeah, a, a big championship. You know, he can right. make it to that game because, I mean, it was like winning the SEC East for so long. You, it was, you know, you would have yeah. three lost Florida, you know, show up in the SEC East, or you know, something like. Yeah, absolutely. Just, you know, yeah, I think so he left because joining. Well, say what? Do you guys think that he left because they're? joining the Big 12 since Natty recruiting would probably be a little bit harder. They're going to play more stout talent. Did he did he limp to avoid the Well, I mean, doubt that, I doubt that's what he was I doubt that's what he was doing, was trying to avoid, you know, that. It may have just been that he would rather be in the Big 10. You know, as opposed to avoiding 
the Big 12. I mean, you're, you're going into the Big 12, but the Big 12 is about to lose its two biggest names. So, well, the Big 12, once, once, once Texas and Oklahoma's gone, the Big 12, I mean, they're, there's two or three teams, basically, I think, that, you know, might have the upper hand on the, the top of the conference. But it's basically, I mean, going to be open as far as the top four or five teams in that conference. Right. So. So, so the next hire um, that I wanted to mention uh, while we're talking about coach hires is Nebraska hired Matt Rule. And uh, Hammonds, what would you think about that? Matt Rule's been at Carolina for a couple of years, two or three. But uh, he claim, his claim to fame is, is Baylor, basically. Um, but he did coach at Temple and got them uh, bowl eligible and played in, uh, you know, as well. So he did. Um, I like this hire. You know, it's going to take some time, especially at Nebraska, because Nebraska has been, I guess you could say, the laughing stock the last couple, couple, three, four years. Even, you know, even Pelini even Pelini years. Bo Pelini, even even when he was there, I mean they was good, but they wouldn't they wouldn't. Well, Scott Frost was terrible, so he, he, yeah, he was bad. But here's my thing about Matt Rule: everybody points out how bad he played, how bad he coached to Carolina. But I'm going to tell you something: pros are a lot different than college. You look at Nick Saban. Nick Saban went to Miami and just couldn't do it, and he comes back to Alabama, and he he creates a dynasty. So, I mean, yeah, things are a lot different when you've got different. We didn't have a, he didn't have autonomy in, in, in Miami. I mean, just think about it. He still wanted, he would, he wanted to get, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Drew Brees. He wanted Drew Brees. And instead the organization went and got Dante Culpepper, who was literally on his last leg. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. take. I'm nice just gonna take this real quick. That rule is the best hire of the coaching character. He's a good hire, but he plays ugly football. So it's a it's a, it's a boring style. I'll just Mason said he might have a call or something, so maybe that's what he's doing. Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I'm gonna step out. I'll take it, but okay. April. All right. But here's here's the thing about here's the thing about Matt Rule is he plays a. If you like ugly football, Big Ten hard. Yeah, but that's teams. that's Big Ten football, though. Oh, I know. I'm just yeah. saying, if that's what you like, you know. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's a good match for Big Ten football. I really do. Well, it is. But you look at it from the from another perspective. You know, like with Kentucky, just losing their offensive coordinator today, getting fired. You know, in the SEC and these other places, that ain't going to work. No, you it know, wouldn't. Not, it wouldn't work. Not, as well. the, not especially against these elite defenses. You gotta have. You gotta score points. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, he did. But, he scored some points at Baylor. Now. He did, and he and he also played really good defense too. He had a good defensive team. Right. Yeah, I don't think Baylor, to me, was the same after Rule left. In my opinion, I mean, you know, Aranda done good that first year, but he's kind of went. Yeah. He's kind of went kind of backwards this the second year. Yeah. John Roberts, what did you think about the Nebraska hire? I thought it was great. 
I thought that was a great hire. And again, kind of one of those that was off the radar because of what was going on in uh, in my neck of the woods. So, but uh, it happened. Right. I thought the guy was, you know, he was great when he was at Baylor. I yeah. uh, felt like he, you know, was able to take a team that wasn't really, you know, it's kind of a stepping stone program, a program that would always get stepped on. Right. Right. By the Big oh, Twelve yeah. and and made them relevant, and Absolutely. so and then uh, and you know again, the NFL is a completely different animal. So him, you know, having any sort of success or you know whatever in the NFL is just you know or, or or the lack thereof necessarily isn't on him because again you can look at the Nick Sabans or the Steve Spurriers, you know, and even you know attempt number one by um, by Pete Carroll and all those guys, and that they went into the NFL, failed, but they were successful college. Well, Pete Carroll actually succeeded, though. I mean he, – he In attempt number one, he failed, yeah. went back to yeah. college, succeeded right. in college, then yeah, went then back went up back. Again, and and Then went pros and then succeeded. Right, right. and succeeded yeah, then. Succeeded, yeah. All right, so let's talk about some transfer portal news. Uh, Michigan quarterback McNamara put his name in, um, and Mason wanted me. He's not here, but uh, Mason says there's a lot of buzz that's going on about McNamara uh, possibly going to Iowa, and that Iowa was his second choice. It came down to Michigan and Iowa the first time, and – that there's a lot of buzz happening where he's at. He's in Des Moines, Des Moines Iowa. I wouldn't, and, I wouldn't be shocked if some SEC schools didn't get involved. Oh, I think so. I think Kentucky could be involved, to be honest yeah, with he, you. Yeah, he's not, he's not a bad quarterback. He just, he just didn't fit what Michigan wanted, especially, you know. Well, I, I mean, he took, he took Michigan to the playoffs last year. Shoot, he beat, he beat Ohio State last year. Yeah, I mean, he took I mean, Michigan to the playoffs last year. What I'm saying with McCarthy, they just thought that they was going to go a different direction is what I was trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, that happens, especially at this level. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. I said it the other day, and you made a – you might, you put a gif on there the other day. I put the wild – the transfer portal is like the wild, wild west. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's ridiculous. It's it like is. free agent. It's like free agency in the NFL. Like. Every it's a free agency that happens every year. It's not free agency in in pros. They have to wait out their contract. This well, ain't, there, ain't there some in this? They have to wait it out at the end of the year. Ain't there a bit? Wasn't there a new rule that said they had to wait until the end of the year to? Yeah, they had to. They have to wait to officially they transferred mid seasons. What I'm saying. Yes, officially the transfer portal doesn't open till December the fifth. Officially. But so yeah, there, and even you know you said Kentucky. Kentucky had two, um, Demarcus Harris. Yep. And um, Chris Lewis. Yep. The wide receiver. I thought Chris would be was going to be a good um, piece to that team, but you know when you got Dan Key, when you got Barry and Brown, when you got these other guys that are in in the way, you know ahead of you, you, you 
You well, look, I'm at, give, look out for your best interest. I'm going to give Demarcus Harris a little buzz. I mean, he did complete four years at Kentucky. He did. And he has, one, he has one year, COVID year, basically, um, of eligibility year. remaining. And, you know, that's kind of like the old transfer, the graduation and transfer rule. Um, I don't mind that rule at all. If you put in four years at a school and you, you know, three or four years and you got one year left, um, I don't mind that rule at all. So I don't either. For Demarcus Harris. Is there any other transfer big names that y'all want to mention? Roberts, what about uh, you? That, there was a couple guys from Ole Miss that transferred. Um, I think there was a safe, maybe a safety or cornerback, maybe. Yeah. A quarterback. One of them was a quarterback. Which one? Uh, the backup, I believe. I can't remember his name. The one that backed up to uh, Jack Stark. I gotcha. The quarterback? Yeah. Yeah. There was a um, few guys, but they really haven't – it's just now starting. Right. It probably, doesn't It doesn't even open until December the 5th, so we still got like a week. much until about bowl season, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, we still got about a week, so – and then, guys, the coaching. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, you're good. Usually during bowl season, right before the bowl games, they'll during the week they'll usually put that they're not playing in the game, and they go and they go they're going on to the transfer portal. Right, and it's just like all of a sudden, and it just it's like all at once. It seems like a tornado hits. You know what I mean? And all of them are starting to declare and and enter the transfer portal. Right. So the coaching, the coaching carousel season has kind of started. Yeah, um, UK, UK has fired a couple of uh, assistant coaches. Uh, Rich Gangarello, who came from San Francisco 49ers, was fired as the offensive coordinator. Um, Settle, John Settle was fired as the running backs coach. You know why um, he was you know why he was fired, don't you? Well, I mean, originally I was hoping it was because we were going to go after Cadillac Williams, but well, that didn't, that didn't a lot of out. It had A lot of it had to do with recruiting. Oh, yeah, it was. He, they he said he, wasn't, recruiting he hadn't, he hadn't recruited up to par. Mm-mm. Yeah. That was a lot of – So, is John Roberts, is there any other coaching carousel names and people that you've heard that's been fired so far? I'm talking about assistant assistants and stuff. I haven't heard of anybody uh, being fired yet um, outside of what y'all have mentioned. Um, but, you know, again, you know, Auburn will be uh, looking for, you know, a defensive coordinator and an offensive coordinator and, you know, everybody else for a staff. So, you know, you know, a name um, that came up today for, oh, for Auburn was Dan Mullen. Well, I've been hearing Dan Mullen at Kentucky for a, a yeah. A week I've heard or two. I've heard that one too, and I've also heard Brian Hartline. So yeah, I've heard Brian Hartline at Kentucky too. Here's the thing about Dan Mullen: if you get Dan Mullen, you're going to get a heck of a quarterbacks coach. Because look what he did with Dak Prescott, and look where Dak oh, yeah. is now. Dak is probably one of the better quarterbacks in the league now. Um, he Absolutely. does really well with quarterbacks. Um, you know, I think he got – I don't know if he just got stale at Florida or if his, or if he just, you know, was getting tired. 
I think he was just getting worn out with it. I mean, and then he, and the time that happened, he had done lost the locker room. And oh, I'm listen. I, I was a Dan Mullen fan, and I'm I'm all on board for somebody giving Dan Mullen another chance, especially as an OC. I mean, I, I was actually on I was actually on mute when I found the talk. My bad. Yeah, oh, the OC. Yeah, as an OC man, he'd be a, a stellar hire. He would. Yeah, he's good with quarterbacks. Like I said, he he took Dak. He he got <laughs> Dak drafted, so. You got to be pretty good if you get Dak Prescott. Yep. All right, guys. So we're going to move along to our pick six topic tonight. Again, we're going to be doing the college football playoff rankings. They come out tonight on Tuesday night. So I know I know Mason's got them. Hammonds, do you have the rankings in front of you? Uh, I don't think I got them on me. Mason, do you have the rankings in front of you? I think it was Georgia, yep. Michigan, uh, Michigan, was it TCU, USC, USC, Ohio State. Ohio State with five. Mm-hmm. Alabama at six, Tennessee at seven. I still think you know, Tennessee and Alabama should be flipped, but. There is a way, and a lot of people are not talking Tennessee. about it. Alabama gets in there. Okay, Alabama should be Flip, but can Tennessee compete without a hooker? I doubt it. I just—that's just my opinion. I mean, I don't. I just don't think, I don't think they can. So this think. part of the show, I just want to mention we're 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 going to encourage some comments. So if you're watching, you're on. Um, tell us who you think your top four should be. Seven eight is Alabama, Tennessee, and Penn State. Yep, and then you got Clemson and Kansas State, Utah, Washington, Florida State, then LSU. And the way that you can get Alabama in, and I mean, I know that there's a lot of people that are clamoring, you know, a lot of people in that state that are clamoring to get Alabama in. Um, You really just need – uh, TCU and USC to lose their games. I think all you need and, is USC to lose. And, well, if you have USC lose, then mm-hmm. you know the automatic thought is that Ohio State jumps in. But know, they, they just got embarrassed at home. Alabama points. The they, problem, they did. The they did. Is. They did. But I mean, you would have to think. You know. How does well, Alabama? Do, how does Alabama jump Ohio State without, you know, playing a game? Either one. I mean, look at who they—they they lost both their games. How much? Thank you. And I'll be honest with you, I don't think Ohio State has really played nobody up until they played Michigan. I mean, they had that. Yeah, they're, they're two big they games. They're Penn, they're Penn State and Michigan, or the yeah, two, two biggest well, games are Penn lead, State but, and Michigan. Yeah. It is, but they're still a one-loss team, and if they would have won on on Saturday, they would be number two. Yeah, correct. Yeah, if we could argue this, we could argue this. I said if Mason, don't be. So here's here's one that's going to be really funny. 
is if TCU and USC both lose, right? And then you put Ohio State and Alabama into the game, uh, into the playoff, right? That's yeah, but, two but SEC why, teams and two Big Ten teams playing each other. But wouldn't you put Tennessee? That's a possibility that they could get in regardless of the outcome. But let's just say they get blown out. Well, I mean, by Kansas they, State. They're playing Kansas State both, both times. Kansas fifteen. Yeah. Okay, let I me mean, give you this. That, let me give you this. Say TCU and USC loses, right? And then you get Alabama, and you put Ohio State in there. Well, why don't you put Tennessee in there because they beat Alabama head to head? Tennessee's losses are they beat are a lot Alabama head to head. Don't head to head matter? It, they they do, but their losses also are are worse, and they got blown out in their games versus Alabama, who lost on the final play of the game twice. On the road, would just say, yep, on the road. And uh, I see that we got a uh, is it Eddie Davis saying that he doesn't believe that uh, they they put a two loss team in. It's the first time for everything. Yeah. I think I still think TCU they lose this game and still make it in easy. I mean that that is true. I mean they could lose the game and they could get in. Uh, there's that possibility, and that the only one that's a you know truly a revolving door could be USC. I would say USC is going to be the easiest way for a different team to get in. Correct, and they've already lost to the team they're playing already. But that was on the road, and it was only by one. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, I'm trying to get Eddie's comment to come up on the screen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was I was one a few weeks ago that was saying, you know, that I didn't think a two loss team should get in, um, but. Uh, you know, the way things have gone here pretty soon, I mean, you know, if if we get another team or two that's lost, it looks like we're going to have to have a two-loss team. I'm still on board. There's just no way possible that a three-loss team deserves to be in on in the top four of college football. Um, if you're going to do that, you need to have a 12-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, that's just – there's just no way. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be guaranteed that, that- – or, or you know you're you're going to see three lost teams in with a with a twelve team playoff, but with the four there it is finally difficult. So there's Eddie's comment on the screen for us. Yep, we appreciate your comment, Eddie. Um, I I'm kind of with you on this. I don't think that uh, um, if we at at all cost, in my opinion that we shouldn't have a two-loss team in. Now, if it comes down to a two-loss team getting in at that four spot, I'm actually been clamming for Tennessee to get that spot and not Alabama. Um, Tennessee beat Alabama head-to-head. And my my opinion is that Tennessee should have that spot and not Alabama. But you're going to have to look at – They're going to look at the two losses. Can Tennessee – like I said, Tennessee – 
Tennessee compete without Hooker? I don't think I don't think they're top fifteen. I mean, well, the quarterback, the quarterback got thrown it, it, into a the quarterback got thrown into an ugly situation too. Like, you know, and he don't to me he doesn't make the throws that Hooker makes. You know, I seen that Saturday when they was playing Vanderbilt. Tennessee's calling card all year long has been offense, right? Offense, 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 offense. They're not as good as what they were. Alabama's still the same team. You're right. They are. Um, the other thing, and, and I'm going to I'm going to actually jump back in on this TCU thing. Um, a, a a a kind of a thing against TCU, um, you know, just blatantly just making it whether they lose or, or win. And that is really the the fact that they allowed that game against Baylor to go to the wire, that they went wired that 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 they won some games by a very narrow margin or just barely escaping against teams that they should not be that they should have blown out and doing things like that that they just don't look like you know you know i guess the championship you know caliber um just kind of throwing that out there that you know it may not be a complete slam dunk that no matter what happens with tcu they're in just because I, I right? you know, you, huh? The games though—they may not look great, but they won. Yeah, but you're looking at the caliber of team that they're winning against and doing what they did. Yeah, I mean, I mean they hope- everybody else's competition was a lot. I mean, outside of what, say, Michigan, because Michigan's going to have the same same resume as Ohio State, except they won their games. You yeah. know, they, they won the head-to-head. TCU huh? played. Say what? Ranked teams. State, Kansas was ranked when they played them. Oklahoma State was ranked when they played them. Played them. I mean. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think TCU wins as long as they win. If they win, yeah, TCU wins. wins. They're they're pretty Tennessee, much. In. You know, I'm not saying that Tennessee's not in if they if if they win. I'm saying that they're not necessarily in if they don't win. That's now, if TCU. If TCU loses to a three-loss team in the Pac-12 or Big 12 championship, then we might be talking about a different story. So that's what I'm. That's what I'm referring to more. I said might be Mason. Don't be shaking your head at me. I mean, <laughs> no offense, but we could be. We could sit here and talk about this all night. I mean, it's yeah. Who yeah, that's, along, that's the fun of it. <laughs> Yeah, but basically you're just getting the teams that you think is going to be in there because I don't think a three-loss team is going to be getting in that playoff. I just – But what if LSU blows out Georgia, just absolutely destroys them? Start getting in. <laughs> Georgia – Okay. Hey, Roberts. I'm, I'm just saying, what if it happens? All right. Then you send us the – Maybe it's all right. So on that note, (laughs) (laughs) on that note, I'm going to move to the no fly zone part of this show. Um, And our no fly zone. We're not not flying on this. We're not flying. (laughs) 
the No Fly Zone segment, <laughs> first topic is going to be the refs. All right. There seems to be a whole lot of bad calls. Um, Mason was talking about a field goal that looked like SEC. it was good. <clears throat> SEC. Um, yeah, you know, and so I just I, I want to uh, kind of go with this, and our first topic is going to be should the refs have to have a press conference at the end of ball games, just like the coaches do? Yes. Are you fly with that? If they if they do, I'm fly with it. This All right, Hannah. I, I chose this. Topic. It is your topic. You come up with this idea. I actually think it's a good idea. So go ahead, Hammonds. Yeah, I think it should be. I mean, you're seeing absolute atrocious calls. Um, there was two or three calls in an NFL game Sunday where the guy he there was a false start and it costed a team field position down late in the game. Like, and they did, and they just, and they were standing behind it. And then you had the couple face mask penalties. Um, then you had the call. What was the call in the? Uh, it was a college game that was bad Saturday. I'm trying to remember. Um, I mean, the fact is, there's there's bad calls all over the country. But they're bad. Like the pass interference, you can't touch a man anymore in in college. If they do, it's a penalty. And I'm not even just talking about football, basketball, maybe. And and, and where the refs have to, bad. where the refs have to stand up after a game and have a five or ten minute press conference and stand and ask some questions on their calls. I mean, yeah, I'm I'm you, actually all for it. I am too. Why Why did you make that call? What made you make that call in such a crucial time? Yeah. Or or what did you see? Or what did you see? And, you know, in the game, too, a lot of people don't understand the game, too,'s changed. You know, it's a lot faster now. In real time, it's a lot quicker. The players yeah. are faster. Th- technology's gotten a little quicker. And, you know, another thing, too, on this whole ref thing, get rid of the checking the time – what is it, the – the scores table every time a thing happens. It's every single time with two minutes to go. Like I kind of like the fact that they try to get the calls right, but I, I think um, it shouldn't be on every single out of bounds call or every whatever. single call. Yes, but yes, right, my answer is my answer is yes. This would fly. All right, Mason, are you flying on the whole refs press press conference? To ask me that, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know. After that, Oakland Big Twelve refs have been pretty bad over the past, past few years. I think that field goal looked pretty good to me. <laughs> I knew he was going to bring that up. I just knew it. It looked good yeah. before I was sitting. It looked good. It looked good for all the fans that were sitting behind behind the goalposts were sitting. Don't know how it was no good. They need to have the uh, like the GoPros on their hats. Someone they look up to that. That's a good, good idea too. Well, so should the refs have to stand up after a game and explain some of their calls? Yes, sir. All right. 
John Roberts, what do you th- what do you say on this one? The coaches have to do it. Yes, I think they should get up in front of the media and go through and answer questions about each calls, each of the calls. The only thing, I mean, but but here's the deal: is that it's not going to change what the calls were. I mean, we'll just be even more mad because they'll sit there and tell us, well, I, this is what I saw. And, I mean, they're <laughs> telling you exactly what it is that they, like, what, what they called is what they saw. So they're like, yeah, this is what I saw. Would it be better to know why they called it, though, right? Especially for, like, pass interference or something. Yeah, I mean, you know. Because there's some plays. And they're officiating. They know what they're calling Passing your parents based off of versus the other rest. I mean, it, in theory, I would love to have this and for everybody to be, you know, held accountable for what they're doing. But in the same time, I know that you're going to get, you know, essentially what is coach speak from the rest. You're not going to get anything that's definitive, and it's not going to change the the outcome of the game. They're not going to go back and reverse a call because mm-hmm. you all you, you sit there and go, oh man. <laughs> He's an idiot. He just saw something different. You know what was it? Was it a week ago, Brad, that Kentucky had a play against Georgia and Stoops was absolutely losing his mind? Oh yeah. He he absolutely lost his mind on that. And it was and he was right. It was the pass interference. I mean, he was right in the game. Yeah. He knocked the receiver yeah. down and they did they just stood there and looked. What gets me is they're standing right there in front of the play. Yeah. It don't it don't make no sense. But all right, so the, the last topic on the on the no fly zone, and then we're gonna move to a little bit of basketball stuff. But the last topic is coach of the year for college football. I'm going to say I'm gonna say that I'm calling for Sonny Dykes to win coach of the year for TCU. Somebody that's different, somebody that um, nobody that a lot of people wouldn't think about. They are twelve and zero. They're in the Big Twelve championship, and they are in the third position um, in the playoff rankings. And if that's not coach of the year, I don't know what is. Hammonds, what do you say? I got two. I got two. Can that work? And this, and this is another uh, topic where I encourage y'all to chime in. Anybody that is watching with us, um, I encourage you to chime in. I actually got two network. Go ahead. Okay, so the main one would be Coach Hopper. Um, he would be he'd win the Coach of the Year because look what he's done to Tennessee in just what one year. He's turned them into old Tennessee, Tennessee that everybody didn't that didn't they like. They got they got really close to being the old Tennessee with, yeah, without for, without the South Carolina stomping. Then I would say they were the old Tennessee. And my runner up, I'm switching it up. Is, is Shane Beamer from South Carolina? He's, I just can't go there. They didn't start the season off well enough. They didn't, but they beat Tennessee and Clemson back-to-back weeks. 
They did, but I don't think that's coach of the year. That's coach of the two weeks. Coach of the month. You know, maybe. Yeah. So maybe maybe the coach for coach for November. He beat Kentucky. Well, it was without Levis, but he still beat Kentucky. Beat Texas AM, which I know that they I know Texas AM ain't real good, but a lot of people had South Carolina losing what four of those games? Probably. <laughs> so, all right. So Eddie Eddie Davis, who's been on with us, he makes a comment. He's on your side, Hammonds. Thank you, he said, Eddie. He says, "How about Beamer Ball?" Thank you, Eddie. <laughs> I, I'm I'm on the I'm on the Beamer train right now, man. Yeah, he says, "How about Beamer Ball?" I just thought I'd throw that in there and show you, Hammonds. Coach of the month is right, he said. <laughs> I don't think I wouldn't say he's coach of the year, but give him coach of the month. Let's just let's look at it like that. You know, he beats Tennessee, not just beats Tennessee, weathers Tennessee offensively. And then he comes into the Clemson game and he takes care of business there. And now they probably playing for a New Year's Day boat. So you know. All right, so I'm showing his next statement was Coach of the Month. So, yeah. All right, Mason, who you got for Coach of the Year? What about Sonny Dykes, man? What are you saying? Yeah, he's done a great job. Um, I know. It can't be Kirby. It can't be Kirby Smart again, right? I mean, um, yeah. Think about Lincoln Riley went into USC four seasons. Five and seven, eight and five, five and one in the Kobe year. Four. Now they're back in the college football playoffs. If they, they win, they are in the pack. They are back to a winning mentality in one year. It hasn't looked pretty at times. I hate to say it, but from I mean, what was going to be four straight losing seasons. Back to the blue blood mentality. You know, I'll I'll be honest with you. Um, Jim Harbaugh. You know, a lot of people thought that this year the Michigan was not going to be what they thought they was going to be, and Ohio State would win. And I think, you know, give some votes to Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, all I'm saying is that Lincoln Riley took that team. It around back number four right now. Went football playoff contention one year. Well, I'm Heisman. just not. He took the Heisman winner quarterback with him. I mean, one year. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty. I don't see any. This is true. So, I guess I'm going to go LR. I just, I can't go. I, I'm not on board with that. But uh, Okay, Mason. Uh, John, John Roberts, what say you? Go to the year. Sonny dies, right? Uh, you're going to laugh at mine. <laughs> okay, give it to me. Jimbo Fisher. Huh? Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher. 
Good yep, grief. Because, I mean, I mean, it takes it takes absolute talent to take a team that was preseason <laughs> ranked in the top ten and have them so bad, so bad that they are sitting at five and whatever, five and seven and not five and seven, them. they're missing a bowl. So if anybody <laughs> follows right. our that's if anybody right. follows That's our right. TikTok, I made a funny Coach little Fisher. TikTok last night about this. So <laughs> just so you know. Labeled the Christmas nightmare. <laughs> the Christmas nightmare. Yeah, it's funny as crap. You got to go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's got the Christmas nightmare music background to it. It shows that Texas A&M's missing the bowl. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. funny. You got to go check it out. I mean, that's talent for you right there. I mean, they had the the number one overall recruiting class like ever. And this is true. And did nothing with it. Well, they did something. Which brings me talent. Which brings us what to our next topic? What's that? Which which team was the most disappointing this year? In college football. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I think I think it comes down to probably Miami or Texas A and M. I'm That's gonna go one I'm gonna go one that a lot of people ain't even talking about. Arkansas. Nah, see I can't I can't go they had, they had a lot of they had a lot of hype. They had a lot of uh you know, people Predicting them to go what nine and two, ten and ten and two, you know, when they, you know, KJ Jefferson got hurt. They had a couple guys leaving the transfer portal. They had a, the offensive line was bad at times. You know, KJ got hurt in the middle of the year and missed a couple of games, maybe one or two. Didn't play real well. But I mean, um, that's 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 kind of the thing, you know. KJ got hurt. You can't predict that and. You know, you know that kind of was the the glue that that, or, or or really just the straw that stirred the that stirred the drink right there. The drink, you know? yeah. And and um, and their defense. Let's not get started on Arkansas's defense. They was they got better at the end of the year, but in the middle of the year they just couldn't they couldn't stop anybody. And, yeah. Oh my gosh. And they couldn't they couldn't defend the pass. You know. To save their life at the beginning. All right, y'all. I got to show this. Eddie. Eddie says Scangarello's the new OC for Texas A and M. Is that real? No, that's not real. He just got fired today. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It's just <laughs> funny. <laughs> Is he calling plays? It doesn't matter who the new offensive coordinator is. The if offensive the guys coordinator, I'll just coordinator I'll just say this about Scangarello. Um, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I was upset with his place calls. You've been on play. his. You've been on his ass have, all year. I have. I've been on his tail all year. But you that, have. a lot of it wasn't all his fault either, though. Don't the even act like you haven't. <laughs> the offensive line was atrocious. It was. It has been. The offensive line coach is the one that needed to be fired today first. The offensive line, you know, can only do so much in the plays that they call. I mean, you can't 
you can't call a play and Levis on his back every five seconds. Like it's it's impossible. So, right. Talk about Utah. Do what? So we're not going to talk about Utah preseason top five. Egg in the pack. Yeah, club. but we're in the Pac-12 championship, so. Yeah, they're still well, in the championship game. Give me a, that I gives am- them a pass. It just means that they are just, I mean, they're average because the second they're team is always average five. in that school. I mean, that gives them, to me, that gives them a pass, really. I mean, they're still, I mean, what, what, what are they? Number, they're number, what, 12, 11, 10 right now? Yeah, I can't remember where they were. Huh? What about NC State? They were really. They've been disappointing. Race. They've had a disappointing season. I don't think they're the most disappointing. Well, no, A and M takes that trophy by a mile. Teams that yeah. Well, or or right. how about this? What about Alabama? What about Oklahoma? Well, I wouldn't say they're, they've Oklahoma. been disappointing. They just. I mean, you're projected to be in the playoff every year, and you miss the playoff. Now they yeah, haven't but, quite missed the playoff yet, but I mean, for all <laughs> intents and purposes, they missed the playoff. A lot of the problems Alabama's had has not been offensively. No, it's been mental, which is weird it's for been Alabama. Mental and defense and defensive lapses in the in the secondary. And I mean, the mental stuff was like, I mean, you watched the Tennessee handle, game. They couldn't handle being on the road. No, crazy. they lost to LSU on the road, lost to Tennessee on the road. And in those games, you watch it late in the game, Brad, like Alabama. Yeah. They, they couldn't get guys in and off the field. They didn't know where everybody was. It was like a – it was a – I wouldn't say discipline. Well, it was, I guess you it could was call it that. It was, des- it was discipline. Well, it was definitely discipline because was they had a lot of offsides. It was, was offsides and stuff like that. There was an Alabama alum. I can't remember who it was. He had he tweeted during the game. He said, "This is the most undisciplined Saban team that I've ever seen since Saban's been here." And yeah, I, I, I can't wouldn't. remember the guy's name, but I mean, I wouldn't, right. I wouldn't disagree with that. I wouldn't either. Are y'all ready to turn to some a little bit of basketball talk before we end yeah. our show tonight? I'm down. I'm well, down Kentucky decided that they wanted to play. Yeah, Kentucky's finally picking up some some steam here. I'm, 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 watching it. I'm not even going to get started on Kyle Perry right now. So, All right, but wait a second. The first thing that I want to mention when it comes to it, we're going to switch and, and turn to basketball, but Brad, did, anybody, did anybody catch the, the Alabama and North Carolina game on Sunday night, went into yes. four overtimes, four. And it was absolute at just amazing game to watch the end of that game. Of course, the North of game, Carolina. The end of game situations, though, was ridiculous. Yes, of course. Way both team, the way both teams handled things. <laughs> well, okay. And, and North Carolina got beat and lost two games in that tournament. So, um, you know, they dropped quite a bit, I think, to like 17 or 18 or something like that this week. So, But I just want to mention that it was a, a wild game to watch is all I'm saying. It yeah, was. it was. I agree. Yeah. 
My favorite game to watch this week was Creighton and Arkansas. That was a really was good game to watch. That was probably one of my favorite games. Yeah, it was. Um, Duke, was great play? Duke, got, Duke got pounded by Purdue on Sunday um, by almost 20 points, 75-56. Um, they look – Duke does not look good. Of course, this is their first year without Coach K. Um, Duke, so, uh, Kentucky should be second. North year, Carolina, right? and maybe no, Kansas. no. This this is Shire's first year as head coach. I thought Shire coached him last year. No, Mm-mm, he was just assistant. They right? announced it last year that he was going to be the coach when he retired. Maybe, maybe he missed. Maybe, maybe uh, K missed a few games, and that's what it was. Uh, K- I can't I was, remember. I think K did. He missed a couple games, and and Shire was. But those those were a couple of games on Sunday that happened that uh, that I thought was kind of big games. Uh, of course, tonight, Kentucky's playing Bellarmine. It was a really terrible-looking game. Started. I ain't going to get started on it. Like, it was a terrible-looking game. Kentucky has kind of pulled away a little bit in the second half. Bellarmine does have a good coach. And Here's my play. thing. Can I just rant rant a minute? Go ahead. Here's my thing on Cal Perry. I thank him for the times that we had the big recruiting classes. We got another one coming in this year. But you've got to change the offensive philosophy. That ain't the worst part. The worst part is the lineups. He's got, he's got Collins and Toppin in at the same time when Bellerman has four guards out there at the same time. When you could use two or three guards to shoot, he won't put two guards together to shoot. Mason says his mic wasn't working, so. His in-game coaching is desirable, is, you know. Oh, I mean, let's leave it at that. There's, there's a couple a of things. Tired, is what I'm he's he he's actually he actually needs to run some kind of a set for an offense first of all, and he never does. And then second of all, he lacks a lot of in-game coaching situation things that help teams out. He just lacks it. Wisconsin 2015. And I don't know and I don't know if if he will ever get better at that. I mean, he's 63 or 4 years old. He's not going to make too many changes. So John, your <laughs> you are your rant. I mean, honestly, he's not going to make too many changes. If he was going to make a few changes, he would have made them at least at a minimum 3 or 4 years ago. And he's just not going to He's stubborn. Um, so, I mean, that's just my 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 opinion on it. And until you know he gets a talent on the team that he can just over talent everybody again, like he did in the 2012 2015 teams. It's not. Um, well, I mean, he's trying again next year with a re- recruiting class that's that rivals the, the uh, Michigan's Fab Five. Um, so, you know, he's trying. 
Roberts, what do you say? You want to chime in on some of this basketball talk? Yeah. So the uh, the Bama game was quite quite thrilling. The jungle. Um, He's yes. wanting to talk about the jungle. They haven't done anything yet. Yeah. Let's, they haven't done anything yet. Let's 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 hold off until they do something. Okay. They're gonna play. Uh, a couple Pac-12 teams in the month of December, um, and I uh, believe they've got maybe one other team that's worth it before starting SEC play at the end of the month. So, again, they're gonna there's gonna be some games that come down to the wire in which you think that they're gonna win uh, by a lot more than what they end up winning by or or that maybe they lose, you know, maybe they lose a game that you don't think they should lose. Uh, and so, I mean, that's really all I've got to say about them right now. They haven't, they haven't really overly impressed, but they haven't really done anything, you know, at the same time to, I mean, they haven't lost. So, right. You know, so they, they just haven't done so- anything yet. I want to mention real quick that Louisville is playing Maryland right now as well. They're down 69 to 39 with eight minutes to go in the second half. Will this coach survive this season? I don't know, man. 69 to 39? Nice. It's 69 to 39 with eight minutes to go in the second half. I mean, it's atrocious, guys. Like, honestly. (laughs) It's bad. It's bad. It's it's so let me, bad let me tell you, that it's embarrassing. Let me tell you, this. you know what's going to be bad? Is they play, I think, FSU coming up. It's like on a weekend. Well, Maryland's ranked 22nd in the country. So, they're playing a race. I think LSU or LSU. I think Mar- – you got me confused. Florida State. State. Florida State plays Louisville, I think, maybe this Saturday or next Saturday. Right. One has not won a game, and the other one's only won one game, I believe. <laughs> and one guy put on Twitter, he said, if you go to that game, you have a lot of nerve than I got. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling y'all, I, I have never seen a program right. as proud in basketball like Louisville is that is playing and looks like Louisville does right this season so far. Okay. Listen, I've just never seen it. As much as you want to sugarcoat it, you can't. Chris Mack destroyed that program. Listen, I I don't care. I mean, Payne's been there. He 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 had a chance to get some transfers in there. He had a chance to get some late recruits, and he did. And you know, he's got a few of his guys. I'm saying that he's got a full roster of his. He doesn't. He's only got. Eight or, he's got about 10 scholarship players, I think, something like that. But, I mean, in all honesty, Calipari's only got 10 or 11 scholarship players he, because he does it on purpose. Yeah. He only play, he, to, to, to be frank, Calipari usually only plays eight players. He does, and he, and he, and he, and he doesn't like to have more than 10 or 11 scholarship players on and the he team. Even said, he even said that when they had the platoon – Back in 15, he said, I'll never do that again. Yeah. 
And he then might have to, he might have to a, next year, though. There's another game later tonight, eight thirty um, at Central Time. Virginia and Michigan play each other tonight. Basketball. That should be a good game to watch. Virginia has started the season out really well, um, winning some big games in the tournaments. Uh, they're five and zero. They they went up. They moved up to rank number three this week in the poll. And uh, Michigan's five and one. Um, so this that should be a good game tonight to watch on ESPN. Um, I want to mention that. Um, I'm trying to look through and see if there's any more pretty good games um, this week. Florida State is one and seven as well, by the way. That's, that's what I was saying. Yeah, I know, man. It's just craziness. Ohio State and Duke play this week in the ACC Big Ten Championship. Uh, actually, if I remember correctly, our eight, Big Ten ACC Challenge. I said championship challenge. It's at, it's at Duke, if I remember correctly. Okay. Because um, last year, that's a, last year was at Ohio State because Ohio. It's State actually t- it's actually tomorrow. Um, it comes on tomorrow at six fifteen, is what it says on ESPN. Um, so there's the uh, ACC Big Ten Challenge is tomorrow. Part of the games are uh, North Carolina and Indiana play tomorrow, which is a big one. Michigan State and Notre Dame play tomorrow. And Purdue and Florida State played. Purdue's actually ranked fifth in the country now, and Florida State has fell on their face. So we'll see what happens with that game. But half half of the – ACC Big Ten Challenge is tomorrow. Um, in basketball, so I want to mention those games. Um, Mason says to mention Creighton and Texas play each other um, in the Big East Big 12 battle on Thursday. That's Thursday, I believe. Yeah, on Thursday they play. They play each other. Creighton is ranked seven. And Texas is ranked two, so that's a big game this week. So Mason wanted me to uh, mention that one, the Big East um, Big Twelve battle. Uh, Oklahoma just a State Utah play each other. Mm-hmm. And uh, Seton quick reminder, play each other. Quick reminder: we got an interview next week. I got one today. So, yeah, we do. We got a big interview next week with uh, um, ex coach of Eastern Kentucky. Um, he's also been with uh, Kevin Willard at Seton Hall. He's been with uh, um, at Louisville with Rick Patino. He's been with Richard Patino at New Mexico. Um, I think he's even been at Iona maybe with I Patino. Think he was at, I think he was at Iona. I think he was there with Willard. With um, Willard? Willard was there, yeah. Yeah, um, but anyway, so uh, that's coming up next week. That's going to be next Wednesday. Actually, we scheduled it. Yeah, yeah, we scheduled it out a little bit. But uh, um, Roberts, do you have any more basketball talk you want to mention about? Mention? Uh, Not at the moment. Um, Looks like uh, Kentucky went ahead and finished off uh, Bellerman, Bellerman, sixty to forty-one. So, yeah. Finally, finally, finally finished it off. It looked kind of tight uh, early in the second half. So, but I don't have any. Well, it was uh, like any wasn't it 21, 21 at halftime or something. Yeah, uh, I can't remember. I was uh, I was kind of in it. I mean, 
more focused on what we were doing here than right, right. realized that it was at halftime. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but they, they, they went ahead and finished it off. They did win tonight 60 to, to 41. Um, and I'm just – Illinois and Syracuse is playing tonight. They're 38 to 30. Illinois is up. Houston is playing a game, and it's um, – they're the number one team in the country right now, but they're playing nobody. They're playing Norfolk State or something. And they're at halftime. They're killing them. Um, Baylor and Marquette is playing tonight. Um, I don't really know that much about Marquette, but Marquette is one of those teams that can kind of sneak up on you. Um, they're usually a pretty scrappy team and have a couple of good players. So, But I don't really know that much about them yet. Um, and then, like I said, the Virginia and uh, Michigan game is tonight. And then one other game, a late game tonight, San Diego State plays UC Irvine. Um, UC Irvine is the school that beat Oregon early in the season, about the first or second game um, of the season. UC Irvine beat San, uh, Oregon, and they're playing San Diego State tonight, who's a ranked team. Um, and, and just a game to watch, keep your eye on. Um, so basketball games so um you know this week like i said the the big e, the the acc and the uh, big 10 challenge big east and big 12 battle is this week so there should be some good games on over the next two or three it's um, it's almost christmas time it's almost christmas yep. Yeah, there should there should be some really good games on over the next couple of nights. So, Santa Claus visiting you, John Roberts. <laughs> yes, one right there. One game. One game. I'm going to mention on the women's side that's going on right now. South Carolina's playing UCLA, who's ranked fifth, fifteenth in the country, and there's only three minutes to go, and South Carolina's only up four points. 60 to 56 on the women's side. So just a game to watch um, that's going on right now as we speak. South Carolina basically on the women's side is most people think or believe is head and shoulders above the rest of the competition. Um, but uh, they're struggling a little bit tonight against UCLA late in that game. So I wanted to mention that game um, while we're on. I've got two minutes and 20 seconds left, according to my app here. Uh, and South Carolina's up 60 to 56. So, um, Iowa State is winning big on the girls' side. They're ranked eighth in, eighth in the country. Um, but they're playing a small school. So, it's a school they should win. But Iowa State's got a good girls' team. And so does Iowa. Both, both of them do. And, and the girls' basketball. So, uh, just try to give you a little bit of update on, on the girls' side of things. Um, Ohio State and Louisville play in that Ace Big Ten Challenge. Uh, they're both ranked teams, fourth and 18th, and they play tomorrow. Um, and then North Carolina and Indiana play on the girls' side. They're fifth and sixth in the country. Uh, Maryland and Notre Dame play 20th and 7th in the country. In that ACC Big Ten Challenge, it's on the girls' side as well. 
Um, NC State and Iowa play each other on the girls' side in the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Um, and they're both ranked 12th and 10th. That's on Thursday. Just to give you all a heads up on some of the big games on the girls' side as well. So I like to cover – I actually coached some girls' basketball and both of my sisters played. So I've been doing girls' basketball stuff all my life. So I've um, uh, been going to games and I enjoy and coach, have coached some girls. I've got some girls – that I'm hoping they're sophomores and juniors in high school right now. I'm hoping that a couple of them will go on and get some scholarships. I'm keeping, I'm keeping up with them. I coached them in middle school years from sixth to eighth grade. And, uh, uh, there's about at least three or four of the girls that I coached, um, that I think might have a shot at a scholarship. And there's two or three that might get, a big scholarship, you know, big school. Um, and I'm kind of keeping an eye on them. So, um, I'm hoping that they continue with their career and that's, I, I like to keep up with the girls game as well, the women's game as well. So, um, I'll always try to throw in a little bit of women's basketball talk. Um, I don't know as much about their game as I do the guys game. I'm not going to act like that. I do because I don't, but, uh, I'll throw in a little bit of women's college basketball talk as well. Uh, we're going to do some college baseball talk in the spring. Uh, Mason and John Roberts are both shaking their head on that one. They're both excited about that. So we're going to be throwing in, starting in February, um, some college baseball talk as well. And we're going to cover that um, through the College World Series. So um, – and – I probably lean on John Roberts and Mason to do a little bit of uh, lead some of that as well. I, I'm just being honest with you. There's some sports that I know and sports that I, yeah, you know, <laughs> you know. So uh, I, I'm just being completely honest. But uh, we enjoy this. This has been fun. Um, we uh, will be doing these shows. I've got them scheduled. Uh, we've got the next one scheduled on Thursday night. It's going to be at 8.30. We've got Jason Harrison that's going to be coming on with us. He's coaching basketball in Little Rock, Arkansas, and he coaches on Tuesday nights. And that's the reason why he's not with us on Tuesday nights. Um, but uh, he's actually coaching with Scott Thurman, just to kind of throw a name out there for everybody. Um, he's, he's coaching with Scotty Thurman. Scotty Thurman is a national champion from Arkansas, uh, in 1994. So, uh, I'm also trying to work on a couple of guys from the pros. Um, just a couple of guys. There's a major league guy that I know, um, especially during baseball season. I would like to get him on. Um, okay. Played for the Rangers. Um, good athlete, greater person too. Um, cool. Mason. Just so you know, I tried to contact uh, Trent Condon today on Twitter. You can tell him that I tried to – I followed him and then I sent him a message on Twitter for him. That way uh, I know he. you had said that he's supposed to be um, wanting to come on with us. So that would be something cool, and uh, we'll follow up with that. So Trent Condon is a, a sports radio guy out of Des Moines, Iowa, 
and uh, he's on a show. He's on locked What's, on. He's on. He's on locked on Iowa. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I keep up. I keep up with my football, man. Okay. Well, so he's he's wanting to come I on mean, the show. I'm too. not trying to. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to outdo you, man. Don't worry. <laughs> hey, I'm I keep. I have to. I, you know, I have to keep up with a whole lot trying to do all this. So I need some help yeah, sometimes. Yeah. I'm going to put chalkboard right here. Deal, and it's just going to be plus one. Yes, I'm going to need it. I promise. And then, you, and then you have to deal with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially so John anyway, Roberts. oh, did he just, say it was a top collar? We huh? uh. I recovered. I have some great news today. We posted our Landon Roberts episode. Um, and I want everybody to go listen to our Landon Roberts episode. It's a great episode. It, it happened last week. We had a little download recording issue where some of the audio was missing, and I had to contact Podbean Technical Support. Um, and last night, he sent me, is about five days later, but. Um, they sent me a, uh, a recording of it, and I we recovered it through Podbean tech support. So, uh, what'd you say? What'd you say to John Roberts? Did you say did he have a shot collar? I must have got confused on what y'all was talking about. Yeah, yeah. Because you was pointing, you was pointing at something in the back there. I didn't know what yeah, he was talking about. Yeah, because you were talking about being a plus one. I said I would, I would put a, a board behind me, right behind me, and I would just go plus one every time that you're one up somebody. I would just go. Well, it sounded, <laughs> it sounded like you said shot caller. I don't know why I thought that, but I must be hearing things tonight. So, <laughs> all right, guys. So. We're going to kind of wrap this up. I want to I want to run through what's on the screen there for everybody. You can follow us at Linktree College, College Sports. Roberts froze up. John Roberts did. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. You can follow us at College Sportscast on Linktree, yeah. um, and we're doing this live on Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and it's also on my Twitter at Brad CS Cast. So. Um, yeah, I think he, yeah, shut off. Yeah, so we'll wrap this up for you guys. We appreciate every single one of you that's been on, Eddie. We appreciate all the comments, Eddie Davis. We tonight. appreciate uh, Mason, even though he's an Oklahoma fan. We'll see if we can get Roberts back on here. There's there Robert. he is. There he is. You froze up man, on us, man. All man of y'all froze on me, so. <laughs> I was by myself. The myth, all, the legend. all of y'all froze on me. The man, the myth, the legend, John yeah. Roberts. <laughs> so, again, follow us on Linktree, College Sportscast. We have everything. Um, I've been really busy trying to get um, a yeah, whole you've been field, basically, of avenues for us. Um, we even have you've a giveaway going we even have a giveaway going on um, that where you can win where you can win a hat. Yeah, um, you're jump, you've been jumping down my throat last couple of days too. So, yeah. well, I've been I've been really busy trying to get all this together. So I know I'm just giving you hard. We gotta give you a hard time, Brad. <laughs> we love talking sports, 
And we're just a bunch of guys. Now we do, like I said, we do have Jason Harrison with us. It's going to be with us on on uh, Thursday night and probably oh God, Sunday um, as well. We got Dan Dan McHale next week. He's a former Eastern Kentucky head coach. Um, right. He's, I think he's Wednesday afternoon. I think me and you, me and you, just going to do that one, ain't we? Right. And Jason Harrison played. I keep bringing him up, but he played basketball for Ole Miss. He's an Ole Miss yeah. SEC legend. Well, we like um, we like people to know because if they don't know who they are, they're not going to figure it out, you know. Yeah, so, so. Um, you can look him up. He graduated in 2002 and took the Ole Miss Rebels to the Sweet 16. He was a point guard on that team and yeah, took him to the Sweet 16. So, um, just to give you all a little reference on who Jason Harrison is, um, I was talking about him earlier. He's coaching ball in Little Rock with uh, Scotty Thurman. So, there, he's from got good, Little. Got a pretty good team too, if I heard yeah. if I heard correctly. Yeah, he's uh, um, he's from Little Rock, so that's where he was from, and he went back home and and knows um, a few of the big basketball players that come from Little Rock around the same time he did. Um, uh, Scotty Thurman, Corus Williamson, Derek Fisher is from there as well, so. Derek Fisher's a big fan. You're a big fan of Derek Fisher. <laughs> I, am, I am a big – well, he's a Laker, so, you know. He's a Laker is what it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he played with Kobe Bryant, so. Yeah, so that, that makes it even that makes it even better. Yeah. Kobe was uh, one of my absolute favorite ball players ever, so, you know. Anyways, we'll wrap this up, and we appreciate you guys being on with us. Catch us again Thursday night, 30. And we've got a Facebook event on that, and I've got it scheduled on Twitter. Um, it'll be posted on, on YouTube as well um, for the uh, schedule. And so you guys catch us, and we will see you on Thursday night.